You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where every episode we discuss a different album from Robert Emery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. We'll be talking about Cocteau Twins Treasure. In the room, I have Anne. Hello. And on the line, I have Kyle. Howdy. And Jackson. Hello. Treasure is the third studio album by the Scottish alternative rock band Cocteau Twins, released on the 1st of November 1984 by 4AD. The producer was the band, and the genre is ethereal wave and dream pop. I'm going to read from the book Rob Morton. The alluring and mysterious beauty of the Cocteau Twins first unfolded with Treasure, their third album. Bassist Simon Raymond, the band's newest member, was gradually getting more involved with writing, arranging, and producing. Together with guitarist Robin Guthrie and the incomparable vocalist Liz Fraser, the trio disappeared into West London's Palladium Studios and emerged with an ethereal masterpiece. The shimmering lace on the album cover and the song titles taken from beautifully sounding mythological names are a perfect example of the influential 4AD aesthetic. Appropriate then was the first track should be named after 4AD founder Ivo with its delicate uh, peep-boo vocal into a squalling guitar wash. Ivo kicks off the album on a high note, literally. Next up is Whirly, the album's best song, leading off with the ear-tickling chimes and two-tone ambulance synths. The song soon erupts into propulsive beat with a gorgeous vocal performance. Fraser's voice swoops and paints and soars and sighs high above the music. It is hard to believe her ascending sing-song choruses are coming out of the same mouth as the deeper, fluttering vibratos that anchor the song. Domino ends the album as strongly as it begins with its angelic album two-minute intro giving way to one of the last explosion of drum beats before quietly fading away. Treasure is simply unforgettable. All right, what do we think of Cocteau Tents? Treasure. This is wild. <laughs> I love it. You do? I love, yeah, I love this Cocteau Twins stuff. I mean, I'm yeah. a big My Bloody Valentine. Okay, yeah. And Dream Pop, so this is right up my alley. Yeah, I thought this was real goddamn good. Also, Kate yeah. Bush. Yeah, it's Kate really, Bush vibes. feels really Kate Bush, so, which yeah. is a compliment, obviously. Mm-hmm. My biggest thing has always been, I have no idea what they're saying. Well, but that's the, <laughs> she's not using... Ooh, that was a deep dive, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Was, <laughs> I listened to it several times and I pulled up the lyrics and I was like, aha. And then, I'm sorry, I had to, I had to Google uh, Idioglossia. Uh, which I had never heard that word before. Well, it's like either a made-up language or like it's words that are so poorly articulated that it sounds like a made-up language. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I on I thought that 
like before I read anything, I was like, oh, this is must be French. <laughs> like, and then eventually, <laughs> like, like not, you know, the whole album. But then I was like, no, this is just nonsense. But it's really cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it relies Very a lot. Very mysterious. Relies a lot on the the feeling of words almost instead of the actual language of speaking, which is so interesting. It it confuses me so much at times too, because I did the same thing, Kyle. I pulled up the lyrics and I, I was like reading along with the singing and I was like, this isn't the right song. Let me go to the next song. And I was like, <laughs> wait, wait, no, that was the right song. I just, I'm having a hard time finding the words in the actual song as I'm following along. It's a really heavy accent, right? Yeah, that too. Yeah. I don't know. Has anyone heard her speak? I have never heard her speak. No, I yeah, totally. Yeah. Does she, she have a heavy accent or does she just... Yeah, I mean, they they have pretty heavy Scottish accents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I, from, I always understood that, you know, she kind of came at this kind of came at, you know, writing lyrics and performing them from just from a totally different place that maybe didn't have a whole lot to do with the words as we uh, know them in English, you know, like, like you were saying almost more about the, uh, the, the feeling sort of. Yeah. Voice as um, instrument, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's a lot of artists who do that, who, who kind of come with, they have the melody and they have the, uh, presence of a like vocalist but it's i mean it's more operatic that's that's what opera is doing right it's it extends those it's not about the words it's about the the melodies and the counter fitting the words yeah for the yeah exactly and fitting those words in there so i mean nirvana did that uh cigarettes mm-hmm. has done that well and eno said he was doing that on some of the stuff oh, yeah. that he did yeah but it was still ordered into words in a much more neat way than this is ordered into anything but like the sound of the right idioglossia right is that they say that right uh-huh yeah <laughs> okay so birch you're a you're a, a fan of this band i was reading that they're not fans of this record even though this is like yeah. the most revered record yeah yeah how do their other records sound different i don't I know that they said this one's like kind of pretentious, which it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Arty farty pre Raphaelites. Yeah. <laughs> Something, right? Yeah. Like, I think they, I think more than that, and Jackson's probably even a bigger fan, but I think they didn't want to be set into a category of this new wave romanticism that they were getting lumped into the goth. They just wanted to be their own thing, but people were comparing them so much to bands like The Cure and. Oh yeah, Joy Division, and and so uh, if I had to say though, it's it's almost the layered wash is maybe more obvious on this mm-hmm. than some of the others, or or maybe they they didn't want that as much as that that sort of production. I had a hard time figuring out exactly what their problem was. They just kind of dismissed it and said, "Oh, that's a terrible." album and which just sounded contrarian well in this period of time they've they released what like five or six albums in like two years yeah Yeah. so it might also just be like they felt like they didn't have time to finish the ideas in that time span they were just like getting it out kind of so yeah maybe just maybe throwing some stuff at the wall at a certain point Mm -hmm. probably just to get you know to get their albums done because yeah they put out so much stuff 
around this time. Like the ones before this, you know, people always say that they're trying to sound like, like they were famously obsessed with the birthday party. Mm-hmm. Susie. When they were before and Susie are like their two biggest, oh, yeah. you know, things that they get called for. And you can, you can hear that on this album too, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but then eventually they did get toward a more like poppy place for a little bit after, after this. But I think the white people love, <clears throat> white people love this album so much is because it really, I mean, all the pieces are kind of in place. And if you look back on their, on their, on their, on their catalog, it just almost makes the most sense of like all the stuff that they, it's kind of distilled, even though it's like all over the place. Like this album is totally, totally like all over the place. And it's, the songs are so different and it's kind of scattered around, but I think people kind of see it as like probably a pretty good distillation of like, you know, their, their first half of their career or whatever. Yeah. I, I mean, if, Putting in context with those other artists too, it's sort of like Susie and the Banshees, that album Juju was to me like a perfect blend of the this post-punk with newer ideas. And same with uh, the Kate Bush album. Um Dreaming. Dreaming. Yeah. yeah where it, it pulled in her earlier I mean, she has a great voice on the earlier albums, but they didn't have that interesting uh elements that Kate Bush is really known for. So I feel like it, it, it's the turning point. I feel like this album is, and maybe they just, you know, when, yeah, they didn't have enough time. They didn't, didn't really care for the production or, or whatever, but I I don't. And and they never had radio. like they, you know, I think, I think Lorelai might've been, well, they had maybe one or two radio, small radios before that. But Lorelai, I think was definitely, like it was a, a major like a dance hit. Dance oh, I read hit, it was yeah. a minor dance hit, <laughs> which I was like, "Oh, burn!" Like, why would you say that? So maybe I just read it wrong. <laughs> I mean, what's the you know what's, what is the, what is the difference? It, you know, <laughs> yeah. dance there were, hit there is were people a dance on the dance hit, floor. Right? Yeah. yeah. Eno earlier, I thought it was really interesting that they invited Eno to <laughs> to produce this, and <laughs> he came and just listened, and he was like, what, what, "You don't need me. Why do you need me? <laughs> like, yeah. you're doing it, and it sounds good. So, what's the problem?" And you know, they produce all their own albums, uh, so I thought that was like that high, high praise from Eno. I know. You invite him and, he, you know. If, if he can't help you do something better, then you're doing something really, really well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're probably doing yeah. something worth listening to. Um, it, In terms of production, anyway. Because not everything. For sure. He might be terrible at cooking. I have no idea. <laughs> 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 He's just um, using those cards for cooking. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not going to taste good. <laughs> Um, one thing I love about this band too um, is that like 
like Robin, you know, the, the, the guitar player. Mm -hmm. So he, he starts like every, every Cocteau Twins album starts with Robin programming the drum machine and they, they build everything around that, which is just totally, it seems, it, um, doesn't seem like that would be how something like this would unfold. Like, okay, it's built around like dude on heroin with the, with the drum machine. Okay. <laughs> It's true. I mean, a guitar player on heroin with the drum machine. Yeah, he is this like EMU uh, drumulator drum machine, which uh, wasn't that popular at the time. Um, but he like had a hand program, and he used a lot of these different you know beats, and he had to, it is very meticulous. Instead of using that Roland uh, eight hundred eight drum machine, they use this more modern you know drumulator uh drum machine which other bands like tears for fears depeche mode uh used but i yeah i find it so interesting when i'm listening to this band because you have this swirling almost operatic angelic voice that's sort of sing-songy and wonderful and then you have that reverb sterile drum machine just you know, breaking yeah. it up. It, it's got the flange and drum on the backbeat and this, yeah, this sort of like ethereal gu it's like guitar. Even more alien. Yeah. And like, it really works yeah. because it's unlike anything. It's otherworldly sounding. Heard. Yeah. It, it always impressed me. I mean, obviously we'll get to Jesus and Mary chain with the drum machine as well, but yeah, it, it, it just has this, there's something about that drum machine that uh, that makes it even better. I don't know. Which is funny because I <laughs> I like to diss on the plasticness of 80s, but I don't know. This does it. I'm with you. Yeah, I I adore this album. It's so elegant and so just totally such a unique thing. A absolutely unique vibe. And I know yeah, like, I found that. Go ahead, Kyle. Yeah, that vibe, like you mentioned, just like the atmosphere, like I just kept getting sucked in. It's like enchanting. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's hard to turn it off once you turn it on. Like I kept listening to it all the way through because it was just like. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And like our, the, our last episode, we talked about Sade. Okay, like Sade and Liz are like, are they not like the two best like English singers of the eight, of the of the of the eighties? Like for sure, they're yeah. pretty good. For 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 me, they definitely are. Yeah, I could listen. To, I could listen to Liz all freaking day and night. Yeah, the production is really cool too. I want to mention it has this. I mean, like I said before, my bloody Valentine. It just has. It mm -hmm. feels like layers upon layers upon layers of of these things floating. Almost, at, almost like that Phil Spector production, and I, I, and we get that a little bit with some ar other artists. I mean, I feel like The Cure does that, but this is this feels like more controlled. It just has this this element. Yeah, it it also has. There's a couple of tracks on this album that that have like maybe some elements of like world music and like almost like early music that reminds me of like. Um, De Dead Can Dance too, who are contemporaries with them, you know, like it's, it's, to me, it's more sophisticated than, you know, than the other, than like, you know, like you mentioned the cure or, you know, at, at this time, I'm not, not, I'm not knocking the cure at all, but yeah, no, um, you're, this you're, is just a thing of its own. 
you're right that it does feel like almost there's some medieval music or lutes or something that it feels like it has a some sort of lineage um, with that Celtic music or I didn't even put that together until just now that someone like Enya or yep you know pure moods pure moods totally I I have never made that connection that's crazy there's a couple songs on here and yeah and and it's mostly because they reminded me of um dead can dance who's like you know i don't i'm not sure if they're in the book or not but yeah okay yeah yeah they're also in 4d this mortal coil obviously so yeah it seems like yeah 4d is is definitely in this sphere they're in that in that zone yeah yeah yeah, I always find it so funny that Robin talks shit about this album because, I mean, it's like, it's a, such a fan favorite. Yeah. He seems like a complicated guy. <laughs> so. For sure. I mean, I just, don't, I just don't know how, I don't know how she sings. Like, I don't know how you can sing like that. Yeah. <laughs> how do you sing along? Can you sing along to these songs? <laughs> you listened for a um, long time. Maybe. I probably do walking around my house. <laughs> you should you should just record what my, that sounds like because I would love to hear what that sounds like. I hear an acapella of <laughs> with my headphones on. <laughs> uh, let's let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it can be a bonus uh, episode. <laughs> okay. When they were when they were uh, writing for this. Uh, song they had just recorded with this mortal coil i think they only had three weeks they had a really short period of time to go off and record this and uh they said that liz just her you know ability to write lyrics kind of dried up and so uh, robin went through the dictionary and just started writing this fourth form poetry uh and started just suggesting all these lyrics just to get it kick-started but it was just <laughs> i guess really awful and inappropriate and she just said don't like stop <laughs> stop trying to help and i'll just write it <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of worked <laughs> it kind of worked <laughs> it made her so mad that yeah. she was able to do right. something that didn't suck <laughs> yeah mm. um i i mean i also read too that maybe Liz doesn't like it she said she was never comfortable with being judged on what she had done um, lyrically, so maybe well, we can't. Um, yeah, we can't tell. <laughs> we we like, <laughs> but I, I think it, a lot of it is probably just that rush feeling that you're just like, I don't feel like this is the best thing we could have done. Sure. Um, and also they were they were working with um, you know their new bassist Simon uh, Raymond. So maybe that yeah. was a, a bit of it, and they just felt uncomfortable with how everything was meshed together. Hmm. Yeah. I wanted to say that, too, about this being Simon's first album, because he's the bass player, but he's also a multi-instrumentalist. Yeah. So I wonder how, you know, maybe there's he did a lot of shit on this album that, you know, kind of made it what it is that, you know, made it, made it um, stand apart from its predecessors.
favorite tracks? Anybody got one? Oof. Man, I'll be honest. I have never known a lot of the names of... <laughs> How's that possible? Uh, lots of Cocteau Twins songs, but this one specifically, just because it's like the names, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's almost why I asked because. <laughs> oh yeah, trick it's, question. It's really hard to pick out the names. I feel like the album finished like really strongly with those last two tracks. Absolutely, these this last one especially is like epic. Yeah, Do- Donimo, not Domino. Oh, did I say Domino? No, 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 no. I'm just I'm just pointing out how. It's bizarre so there. well, and that's like, what does that mean? Is that an eight? Yeah, because <laughs> like, I I feel like I read it three times before I understood it was Donnie Mo, and I was like, why yeah. is it Donnie Mo? Is that Latin? I know. I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I looked up a couple other sources too, and sure enough, that's what it, that's how it's spelled. What about you, yeah, Kyle? Just, Did you have favorite tracks? Just the end, mostly. I mean, I I liked Lorelai. I liked the last two tracks. Uh, Persephone was rad. Oh yeah, um, that was I mean, maybe I, I, my favorite one. Yeah, so I sexy. thought it was just <laughs> yeah, yeah, just every track I liked. On Persephone, I wrote ethereal yodeling. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> post punk yodeling. Yeah. <laughs> ghost. I think you said post punk, but oh, ghost, punk. ghost yeah. punk also works. Oh, ghost, <laughs> ghost, ghost, ghost punk. I love ghost punk. <laughs> ghost punk is my favorite genre. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, reached uh, number twenty nine in the UK album charts. Became the first UK top forty for them. Charted for th- for eight weeks. That's, That's pretty good. Two months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I read that Robert Smith uh, listened to this album when he was getting ready for his wedding. Oh, yeah. I see, I've seen that interview. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Yeah. I read that, too, and then I read about his, like, his marriage, and I was like, oh, fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know oh, very do much about him, and I was like, whoa, <laughs> I need to learn more about all of this. <laughs> like, but, yeah, I, this is the perfect album to listen to before you get married. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Robert, Sm- Robert Smith or not. Yeah. Yeah, just how they go from like some really dark stuff to like the the soaring the soaring heights of like these super elegant arrangements and melodies and Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. It's a special record. It's like they're taking it's like melancholy, but it's like a sophisticated like settled melancholy it's not yeah yeah there's emotion in it it's just not it's like nuanced emotion it's like totally unlike anything yeah. it feels like its own artifact in a lot of ways that's why i liked it absolutely so i totally agree yeah the um yeah some people said it, it felt like it would they inhabit their own hermetically hermetically sealed like universe everything <laughs> Yeah, everything they do is just this, almost this bubble of of composition and interesting. Uh, I don't. It, it's it's so fun to listen to this album and just try and you know come up with what is this genre? What is this music? It it, it sort of expands my concept of of different musics and ideas just listening to them so i think that's what i really find interesting 
um, about the band is, is it's just so, it's so unlike, but it, it does have some familiar, tangible things that you can, can latch onto. Um, especially, yeah, with that drum beat, with the driving drum machine, but it's great. Well said, Birch. <laughs> I totally agree. <laughs> no, I totally, I totally hear you. Cause like, no, I think that happened to me too. When I first got into these, this band, it's like, how do you, I, how, why would you come up with this? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It this is my first time listening to this band and I was just fascinated. Yeah. Like I just wanted to know more. I wanted to listen to it more. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah, first time for me too. Pretty much. It was just like, Oh shit. I need to figure out what's going on with this. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I, I really yeah. like it. I've never even thought of something like this before. <laughs> so. yeah. It does require wrapping your head around it a little bit, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, I don't think I need to go around, right? Everybody on the positive. 100% Very positive. Okay. Yeah. We all, okay. it's great. <laughs> Feels like it. Yeah. Really beautiful. This is beautiful. Uh, we're going to get uh, Heaven, was it Heaven or Las Vegas? Mm-hmm. So we'll have that later. It's in the book. Which I, I'm, so, I'm excited about that. Yeah. I I just figured this would be it. We wouldn't have it. We would just say goodbye. But um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I need to say too, I meant to say earlier, like, I'm pretty surprised that this is in the book, kind of. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, like, not because, I mean, you know, not because I don't think it des- deserves to be. I'm, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised because I feel like they sort of get kind of left out of a lot of, they're just so weird. You know, they don't, they kind of don't fit in, even though, you know, they sold a lot of records, but right. Um, not, as, not as many as like Sade. They're just not, in but, a, they're just not in a, a lot of like conversations about eighties music and yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because they really just, they're kind of, they exist in their own, yeah. Weird, uni- weird universe. Yeah. The, the thing about this book though is, it, I mean, it, it leans heavily British UK. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's, there's actually quite a few Scottish bands we've been going through in the eighties with orange juice and yeah. So it does seem like we're getting a, a fair amount of those bands. Uh, maybe it was haircut. Gotcha. That makes sense then. I can't remember if they were Scottish, but yeah. It, so it, does kind of make sense to me that we are getting this, but Anne actually discovered that it's left out of later editions of it's the book. It's only in this edition of the book. Oh. Yeah. The 2008 edition. So all well, the, glad they, must, we caught it. they cut it for other stuff yeah. later, but we got to get it because right. we have well, to I'm stick glad. with one version of the book or our heads will explode. <laughs> 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 you think they pushed it out for Limp Biscuit? I mean... No, Limp Biscuit's in this <laughs> one, did, buddy. We're going to get there. I read... Like an interview with um, Elizabeth Fraser, and it was like she was talking about the people that tried to collaborate with her, and one of them was Linkin Park. <laughs> they like asked no. her, and she was like, "No, thank you." <laughs> like, oh my god! <laughs> Can you imagine though? Oh my That's god. really interesting. <laughs> that was my favorite one. That, wow! Yeah, I was like, "Oh my god." <laughs> Wow. Whereas, That's going to haunt me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Whereas, <laughs> no, weird no, as okay. that is, I do want to hear what they think. Sh- like, I want to hear them. Tra- the track they sent her. Tra- yeah, the track they sent her and, like, tell her, like, oh, this is the one I, I think we could, you know, <laughs> let's work on this one to collaborate on this one together. <laughs> 
She didn't go oh for it. Oh my god. So we'll never What know. if it was amazing? What if it was <laughs> I like I mean, Lincoln it Park's probably best would be. track? <laughs> like who knows? I mean, I'm sure she would have been amazing. <laughs> she would have made it amazing, right? Yeah. <laughs> I did uh, read. She that. never wants to do anything, though. Yeah, yeah that was the gist of the article. Really, was she's just she's so like self conscious about stuff. She doesn't want to, like. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Next time we'll be talking about minor threat out of step. All right. Thanks, y'all.